Welcome to the Deep End Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. And today we have a very special guest, Brenton. Brenton and I were housemates once upon a time. And today we're going to talk about some things that we experienced and spoke about in the house and what we've spoken about behind closed doors. And I'm so, so, so excited to have Brenton here. So for those of you who don't know, Brenton Parks is an Australian actor known for his role in Home and Away and Aussie feature film Chasing Comets. He has also featured in an American feature film, Finally Me, and done a lot of various roles in different in different films on Stan and, and whatnot. So I'm really excited to have Brenton here today, and we're going to be talking about something that is very passionate and very um, close to home for you, Brenton, and something that I'm extremely curious about because of our experience that we had in the green room um, and the conversations that we've shared in the past. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I want my listeners to hear your story. When you shared your story with me, when we first met, I was like, wow, this guy, I don't know if I should believe him or not. Is he talking? <laughs> is he speaking the truth? What's going on? So let yeah, what what tell me a bit about your history? Well, I guess, you know, in terms of what you're talking about spiritual, professional, family, what's um I'm trying to think what I've shared with you. Okay, so your spiritual experience, you used to be a party boy and uh, yep. that that past life, and then you went on a bit of a journey. Yeah, for sure. I guess, um, you know, growing up, I've been a DJ since I was 13. So it's a very particular, as you can imagine, uh, lifestyle in the, you know, we're literally at parties, you know, every single week. Um, and you get involved with certain people in certain um, you know, music or substances or whatever that is. And um, you can kind of get really indulged. You know, there's a lot of big DJs that have got so involved in what they do and they're, they're not even with us anymore, you know what I mean? Because they get so caught up in that world. And I guess I was, you know, brought into that from a young age. But um, growing up, going to school, um, I went to a, like a, a guy's school in, in Sydney in the city. And um, I just, I always... I always hated school. I got bullied a lot. Um, in fact, I actually jumped from school to school a couple of times, just kind of running away from that. And I was like, I, I was a little scrawny. Picture a little Justin Bieber with a, like a little fringe and like a real cute face, just skinny, whatever. And I could never, I guess, stand up for myself. And I struggled making friends and I got bullied a lot. And, um, you know, it's a point where I was at this particular school and I got stabbed and thrown into lockers. Like it was, it was so weird. Mm. Like, terrible wow. schools and i mean i say i say that like you can never really blame the school because i, I hear so many stories i don't know about you but i, I hear so many stories of different schools different mm -hmm. behaviors and people and it kind of happens everywhere doesn't it yeah definitely i mean i think some schools have stricter disciplinary protocols yeah. than others um but yeah childhood site like the psychology of kids just doesn't change like depending on the school so there are always going to be kids that are just yeah misfits and not feeling yeah. like they belong or coming from a family that may not be supportive so it comes out yeah. at school 
No, you're absolutely right. And and you kind of think, like, in the moment, I used to think, like, oh, when I'm older and big and I get on steroids and, I'll, like, I'll, you know, beat your ass, like, you know, I'll smash you when I'm bigger and better. And, like, you know, now I see them, like, literally literally in the city and stuff. And I'm like, man, like, you just had a terrible upbringing and, and you were getting bullied at home or with your, like, you know what I mean? And it all trickles down. And so you can't, you just got to forgive. You can't blame anyone. But, you know, totally. coming out of coming out of school, like I, again, just being alone, like I started, um, you know, different businesses and stuff like that, which I kind of found some self-worth in and, you know, from a DJ company and I had so many random, you know, businesses, some that flopped, some that worked really well. And I was trying to find, um, I guess, my identity in business. Um, and then I guess, you know, the acting came along and I started going hard in that space. And that's a whole other world from the DJ world. You've got this acting world that's very like, you got comparison, you've got like um, selfish, like it's about me and I'm the performer and I, like it's this very indulgent world. Like again, two different worlds, but very, do you know what I mean? Like it's another mm. very toxic and I don't want to, I guess, put a blanket over the whole industry. There's some amazing people, but from majority of what I've seen and experienced, um, it can definitely get like that. So I guess I was trying to navigate through these different worlds and trying to find, you know, new friends and people that might accept me. Um, and it wasn't until only, gosh, only six years ago, I was doing a film in um, in Australia and I was, um, it wasn't a huge, a huge role, but I was playing, funny enough, a church boy like in a Bible scene. And I was like, this is so random. And I did the scene and the director and writer were, um, they were Christians and, you know, they were awesome. Like absolutely the most connected people in the world. They're like, they know every single A-list star and they've worked with everyone and they're just amazing. And now they're just doing their own things. And mm -hmm. after the film, it was in um, post-production. I was sitting in this cafe in Cronulla and I guess I was going through my own kind of, um, you know, I had my best mate go to prison and for all this stuff. And I'd run away from my family at this point. And I just, I was, we didn't agree on things and I just wanted to get out and just not exist and do my own thing. And um, so I was just searching and I, at the at that time I was reading, you know, the secret, um, you know, the book and worshiping the mm. universe and give me signs and wonders and, and, and just, searching for something i didn't know i just i knew there was something out there and i was just searching for something and i just had so much pain inside of me i felt like i lost so much and i didn't know where to go and i was sitting in this cafe reading this buddhism book and mm. um the director from that film walks in just happens to walk in at, at this time and he goes oh Brenton, how you going and i was like yeah good man and he um he notices the book and he goes oh you should come check out our church sometime i was like was it a, a buddhist church and he's like no just you should come check it out sometime I'm like cool man yeah sometime sure <laughs> and um that saturday night i finished my dj gig and there's a text from him his name's jason and he said hey mate i'll pick you up in the morning eight o'clock i was like all right we're going to church and um literally that morning woke up i'm like what the heck like church like i've only seen the simpsons you know like is this it a is it a cult like what are they what are we gonna be <laughs> they want my money like i've heard all these things and um sure enough he picked me up i got to church and um, I met all these really nice people, a little bit too nice. I was like, nah, what's what, what's your hidden agenda? Like, what do you want? Like, I've left my wallet mm. in the car. Like, what do you want? I was like, so suspicious, which is so sad, but um, <laughs> that's just how I was. And um, yeah. 
I walk into the church doors and I hear all this singing and, you know, worshiping and all this music. And I thought, what the heck? Like I'm picturing like, there's going to be a bunch of old people singing, you know, joy to the world, like all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And as I walk in, there's all these young people on the stage. It's like, it's kind of like a rock band. And as I move forward and um, stand next to my seat, the music that we're singing and the words that we're singing, I didn't, I guess, understand it at the time but it hit me really hard. Like these, these songs, I was like, what the heck? Like, and I started, like, I felt like this immense, like joy and like this peace. And again, I didn't know what I was singing. The words were up on the screen, but I started singing and I just felt like this love wash over me. Mm. And I was like, I was like, what, what, what is this? Like, I've, it was just really, I didn't know what that was. And the pastor comes up after that and um, does this amazing message and it was super encouraging. I walk out and I met up with the pastor on the way out and um, he goes, Hey man, like happy to have you here. Like, what would you think? And I was like, what was that? I appreciate your message, but man, what was this feeling? I felt like I couldn't get that out of my head. I've never, I felt a lot of feelings, you know, love, joy, like heartbreak, drugs, what I've felt every feeling, but I was like, what was that? And he goes, that was the presence of God. I was like, I, I, what is that? The presence of God. And he goes, yeah, it's the presence of God. It's in the room. And I didn't understand what that meant, but I came back the Sunday after and the Sunday after and the Sunday after. And a month later, I put my hand up. I was like, I want to go all in. Like I got water baptized and the more I came and experienced God. And that was the thing. I thought I was experiencing church or good people or encouraging messages, but a lot deeper it was mm. God and the presence of God and the love and the plans that he has for you. It was only until mm. later on I started making commitments in my own life. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cut all these, all these things that are in my life. I'm going to cut them out and I'm going to focus on this. And the more mm. I did that, the more prayers got answered, the more I experienced the love of God, the more my life came together and my family came back together. And I ended up meeting my beautiful wife and I've got my baby now and all these things just started coming together. And I'm not saying, man, you, you come to church, all these things are going to happen, but I mean, yeah you surrender to god like your life starts changing pretty fast yeah it's like this call to integrity that that it sounds like it just overpowers you into this space of yeah being yeah aligning yourself to the truth of who you really are Mm. um wow so how old were you how long ago was this when that happened i was i was about 20 yeah, I was about yeah. 20 dogs. I got water baptized at 21. Yeah. And how old are you now? 26. 26. Yeah. I can't get over your age. I forget that you're 26. You're so mature. Yeah. <laughs> you're hairline, just look old, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I just feel like, yeah. All right, cool. So um that was like the beginning that was the beginning for you to you know that sensation that feeling it sounds like peace almost and grace that that you experienced which is not something that a lot of people do get to experience because we numb ourselves out like you said partying and everything else so um what is your relationship like with God now oh it's the best it's ever been and it's it's just like anything the the you know people think because I know this is how I used to think, but people think um, God or church or all these things is just a bunch of, you know, rules and rituals or things you got to follow to think you're a good person or to be a certain person or whatever. 
But Jesus says it's actually about relationship. It's about relationship with him. And Sam, the more time I spend with you, the stronger our relationship is going to be. You know what I mean? I could mm-hmm. make a mm-hmm. certain look and you'll know exactly what I'm thinking. You know, I could laugh and you know what I'm like. There's, we just, we're going to be closer. And in the same way, the longer you spend or the more time you spend with Jesus, you read his word, you pray to him, you sit in his presence, you worship him, you thank him, the, the closer you're going to get with him. And mm-hmm. right before, you know, so 2000 years ago, Jesus was crucified and he, and he died, you know what I mean? And he died a gruesome mm-hmm. death. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was whipped, he was spat on, he, they put a crown of thorns on his head. They, you know, he had to carry his own cross, which was the heaviest thing at that time, like literally heavy, but the heaviest burden for your soul. And he walked up to, um, to, to this place and, and, and died. They nailed him to a cross and it was this terrible death. And, a lot of there was a lot of crucifixions at that time, but they crucified him and he was a rabbi. He was a very respected person in that in that in that time. So it was a huge deal. And three days later, he rose, literally rose from the from the dead. And there's over 500 people that witnessed him being alive mm. with the um with the holes in his hand and his feet. And it was radical. And right before um, he ascended into heaven after this, he was with the with his disciples, all these people he was mentoring, and he said, I'm leaving you, but I'm leaving you with a gift. And it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of this stuff might sound a little bit woo-woo or confusing or whatever, because it took me ages mm. to understand what the Holy Spirit was. But mm. the Holy Spirit is something that lives and dwells upon us. But until you accept Jesus as your savior, it dwells within you. So when you and I prayed that prayer in the green room, you accepted him as your savior. And the Holy Spirit mm. now dwells within you. So the Spirit will lead you. It will guide you. Um, mm-hmm. It will convict you when you're going down a wrong path. It's just the most amazing thing in the world. Oh, my God. And I, so they say in the Bible not to use the Lord's name in vain. Um, and I constantly catch myself. So when I was a teenager, I used to pray. My relationship with God was very private and it was very much late at night, sometimes in the shower because that's when I was alone. And um, one of my friends was actually self-abusive and I was moving through a lot as a teenager, like trying to support her. And I would often turn to God and prayer to, to receive answers. And it was like I was having a conversation. And... Um, there's a book called Conversations with God. Have you heard of it? Mm. And I'm curious about your opinion of it because this that I read when I was 15 and that um, I, I started my journey in, in, in my relationship with God. But um, And I had a friend of mine whose mum became best friends with my mum and her dad's a preacher. And so I was always around it and, you know, they, they, my mum my would go to church with them. So I was always, my grandma was quite religious as well, orthodox, Greek Orthodox, would pray every day, have her little like, um, in Greek, they're called ikonas, but just like little Mother Mary candles lit, going around with frankincense around the house. Greek Orthodox is a bit different to Christian. all believing in Christ, it's Christianity, um, from my understanding. But throughout my 20s, you know, I was conditioned and and um I lost, I disconnected, I lost my connection with that, that with spirit and with with God and there's so much there's so much stigma around the word God there's so much stigma around Jesus I believe Jesus lived upon us I 100% believe in the stories I believe that there's a lot of metaphors as well I'm curious about I want to read the Bible and I've been meaning to start and you did say read even just a page a day and that's where I've got to get at 
Um, and it's just this like moment in time where we had that moment in the green room and you even when you were speaking and sharing this story I feel tingles up and down my back and my spine and I feel a sense of peace wash over me and I feel a deep reverence for what you're sharing and also um, so much presence so what you're saying is um, having a, a visceral like a very physical effect on me it's not just you know I'm not intellectualizing or conceptualizing what you're sharing I feel the truth in what you're saying um so when you did that prayer for me and, and invoked spirit from within what would you say is a better terminology I know I'm like not saying it right but well it's just accepting you know who accepting. Jesus is and, and he gives you the Holy Spirit so it dwells within you yeah now. Yeah, and there's been moments where I have, um, I've just heard the voice. I've just heard this voice come through me and it's it's not mine. It's not like my conscience or anything like, it's just, it's just this, this voice guiding me and, and directing me in ways like when I've doubted myself or when I've felt really, um, uh, just lost or unsure or I'm going through my healing processes with my own childhood stuff and the things that I'm experiencing I just feel so guided and like when I'm stepping out of alignment out of my own integrity it's just this guidance that keeps coming through and Mm -hmm. one thing that I really love and resonate with what you said Brenton is this relationship so my relationship with God is going to be different to your relationship with God which I really love and value that we can we can be able to have this conversation and share from our own unique experiences. Um, And I think that like, for me, I thought I had to do all these things and and be all these ways in order to have this relationship. Mm. I thought I had to follow all these rules, but it doesn't feel that way for me. Prayer is a ritualistic experience for me. I, I send my gratitude to God every day. Well, either intentionally writing it down like letters where I just write down what I'm grateful for or just speaking it out like I'm so grateful for this home like this space that I can work from and help people from and be of service in you know I'm so grateful for my housemates I'm I'm constantly sending gratitude out to to God some people call it the universe what do you think about that I think God is God and you know, from someone who used to worship the universe, man, I, I worship everything, like just looking for things, but God is a yeah. very specific God. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people worship the universe because it's a God we can control, but God was the creator of the universe. It's like walking. If I walk down the road of Cronulla now and start saying, look at this building, this new duplex, isn't amazing. Like, given all the worth to that. And the builder's like, I made the, what about me? I made the building. You know what I mean? It's kind of redirecting mm. your focus. Like, let's worship the creator of the universe. Mm. And so, and people do use the word and terminology creator. Like, with all these different words, I'm curious, like, what, yeah, what what do you think about those? What about, instead of the universe, what about creator instead of God? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the same thing, you know. Like, the yeah. universe and God are two different things. Universe is a, what, a, a realm of different what we're in (laughs) yeah what we're in it's the universe then there's the creator of the universe and that's god so it's the same kind of it's the same thing so um you know that's used a lot in the bible creator god the father Mm. got a few different names Mm. yeah 
I'm just having a thought come through. It's like, it's quite, and I think a lot of people have aversions because it's, it's like quite masculine orientated, but it's almost as though like the universe is playing that feminine role because it is creation itself. If we're looking at the marriage and the union, I don't know if this is just me pondering over philosophical ideas here. I'm just like, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think like, are you talking about when people say like, why hasn't God a female or something like that? No, I, I think like where does the feminine, where does the female fit into it? I mean, there's a lot of, if you read through scripture, if you open your Bible, um, there's a lot of <laughs> you know, amazing, you know, female, um, you know, people in history, like, you know, Mother Teresa, even um, mm. even Mary, the mother of, like, there's a lot of amazing, um, gosh, what's this book? It's called, it's in the Bible. It's like, I don't want to say Estelle, <laughs> but um, there's this, this <laughs> in the Bible that got anointed. Anyway, there's a lot of, you know, female amazing characters, just as much there is, you know, of men as well. And, um, you know, I guess there's a lot of, you know, yeah, great females throughout scripture. And even in today's age, there's a, a couple of pastors at my church that are female and they are just, they are anointed, man. Like they are, they're incredible. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, I've read this book called The Magdalene Manuscript. Now, Magdalene is someone that I'm super curious about because she was like the, she was the, 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 I guess the, the, there was Eve. I don't know the stories. I don't know the stories, Brenton. I know a little <laughs> bit. I need to read the Bible. I need to scratch up on my skills. But I'm so curious because this is such, it has had such an influence on, on, the way we've evolved you know mm. um and and Magdalene stands out for me because I'm curious like what what's what have what do you know about Magdalene not not too much to be honest like I, okay. there's a lot of stories I do know a lot about and then a lot I don't know a lot about yeah but I think it's like okay. you know I think the whole the whole story of um you know the bible it's it was the original book it's the most it's the it's the only book in the world that has sold the most copies by far. If you look at all the, you know, the history and science from all, from every evolution book or science-based book or whatever book in the world, it sold the most copies. It's got the most translations for different languages, et cetera. It's the book mm -hmm. that has been around since the beginning of time. And it talks about the beginning of time. And if you look at the Old Testament right at the start, um, you look at, you know, the Israelites and all these different, because um, back, you know, Back in these days, there wasn't, you know, Australia and Maldives and whole, like all these different, it was very, there was only a couple of different countries with groups of people, right? And, you know, God created Adam and Eve, which then spread. There's a, a list of who it was spread to and the families and descendants from there. But then it got to a point where people started worshiping different idols and they would have gold and meant, melt it down to a golden calf and worship the golden calf. And God's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And they mm. bring them back into a line like, no, I am the creator. And then you look through history of the different books and where they kept doing it, whether it was a golden calf or whether it was a, a statue or, mm. or this or that or kings and all the kings would get praise. And God's like, I gave the king his rock. Like, you know what I mean? And mm. as, as, it's like, oh, yeah, that's history. And that's what they used to do. But we still do that today. We, we, we worshiping these things sometimes. Sometimes I give yeah. this more attention than God. That's so bad. Like we might worship. For those of you who can't see, Brenton's pointing to his phone. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. I forgot. Yeah. My, my mother, oh, you know, we worship all sorts of stuff nowadays and take mm. the attention away from God. And we don't even realize it because mm. I'm not saying I worship my mobile phone. No, I just, 
I might be on that all day and forget about God, forget about my family, forget about all these and the phone wins. It's like, what are we doing? Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm hearing you on that. Um, okay, so there are many alternative versions of God these days. What do you believe is true? Well, the good thing about God in the Bible, um, our father is he's extremely specific and some people say, oh, you Christians are narrow-minded, but that's that's a really interesting thing. It's actually very specific. Whereas if I said to you, Sam, I say you're in Sydney in the Shire, and I said, all right, I'm down in um, Cronulla on Allura Road, just near Northeast. I said, how you get to my house? As you come down the Kingsway, you turn left, go down the back street, and you'll see a long driveway, and that's my house. And you say, mm, I don't want to go that way to your house. I want to go the opposite way of the Kingsway. I want to go down President Avenue, take a ride through the roundabout, and go down towards the water. I'm going to say, Sam, you're not going to get to my house. I'm giving you clear directions to my house. And that's the thing with Christians when they say, oh, narrow-minded. No, God's not narrow-minded. He's specific. He's giving us specific directions to his house. And that's the thing that I wondered so much about eternity. Where do we go? What's heaven and hell? Is Does it exist? How do you know if you get into heaven or hell? And the Bible is very specific. And if you, I guess... The great thing about Christianity, as opposed to all these other religions that I've looked into, is Christianity is the only religion, the only way that you don't have to work for your salvation. Salvation means um, right with God, relationship with God, and and you know inheriting eternity, right, Inter- eternity with Him. And Jesus says, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Now that is specific. He doesn't say. I'm good, you should follow me, but then go and follow other gods and then go and do that and this and that. Now he says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me, right? Now God is our creator. He's not our father yet until we accept Jesus as our savior. So it's very specific. And when, I, when I, I'm going to come back and when I say you don't have to work to get into heaven, all you have to do, the Bible says, if you believe in God, repent, turn from your sins and follow him you will inherit the kingdom of God. You don't have to do anything. You know, I, I go down to the beach and I see all these, um, what do you call those people that knock on your door and, uh, you know, have you heard about the Lord and Savior? Uh, Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness. There's something <laughs> that work. They, like, you know, Jehovah's <laughs> Witness, for example, they believe there's only 132,000 people that's going to get into heaven and you have to work really hard. You dress up as in these suits and you go down to the beach where I am and you hand out these mm. things and it's all these works to try and get into heaven. Whereas I'm like, you don't need to do this. You, you actually don't need to. It's just about relationship with God. Wow, that's that's incredible. And I, what came through for me when you were sharing this, what I was hearing is like Jesus is the way. There's so many different layers to that, so many different meanings of that. So, yes, accepting Jesus as our Savior, but also Jesus led the way. So there's so much that we can learn from the way that he presented himself in the world because he, he, he was just embodying love. That's what he was, emanating love and respect and kindness and had led the way in the sense of what I'm hearing is like Jesus is the way and there's a a mimicry or a um almost like a do what Jesus like what would Jesus do kind of question that's up in my mind Mm. 
Yeah, totally. And, you know, you might be thinking, why, why should I follow Christ? Like, why, why, why should I become a Christian? I'm happy living my own life. It's like, well, I used to ask myself the same thing. Like, what is Christianity? Do I have to get a particular haircut? Do I have to attend church every Saturday? Like, what changes? And the biggest thing for me was eternal life is, is knowing that, um, you know, I have a place to go after this life because, you know, over 100,000 people die every single day. And, you know, we don't, we never know when our last days, it's, it's, it's a one in one chance that we're going to die and we don't know when that's going to happen. So I want to, I want to be guaranteed that I'm going somewhere after this and not just going to go and die and go to the dust and you know what I mean? To damnation. Like I want to be promised a, a mansion in heaven. And the other thing aside from eternity is the way we live now, like you, Sam, have the Holy Spirit within you and some of the fruit the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And this is real joy. This is not, oh, I'm at a party and I you know, get on the beers and this is, you know, I'm having a good time joy. This is real joy. There's the peace that you have. This isn't, you know, I listened to, I used to listen to my meditation app on, on Headspace and listen to for 20 minutes. I'd feel really peaceful and that was great. But then I'd see a bad email and it ruins my day. So this is true peace. This is the peace that stays and dwells within us. That's just two of the fruit. This is, you can literally live with this. You can talk to a God that will guide you. You can have prayers answered between us. I'm not meant to say anything at the moment because they're not saying, like there is a woman in my church that has cancer in her ovaries, right? And they say for women, a, a, lot, of, a lot of women don't actually, not that men can get cancer in their ovaries, but a lot of, a lot of women actually don't recover. From, it's a very severe cancer. The other week I was at church and I'm like, she came to church with her husband. And which is because she's gone through chemo. She's in a lot of pain. I was like, this is amazing. She's here. It's so new to her. And I'm like, screw this. Like, screw the message. I got up on the stage and we got the microphone. We started praying as a church over this woman. That was not even two weeks ago. I just got a call this morning. She's been completely healed. There is not one cell of cancer in her body. The doctors are shocked. They're actually, I'm telling you, Sam, they're shocked. They're saying, let's run another round of chemo because it's like, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? We had a congregation praying over her. So it's like when you start seeing prayers answered, you you know what I mean? All this stuff, it's like, how can I not follow God? How can I not be in relationship with you? (laughs) Yeah, I just got full body chills when you shared that. And that's my next question is like, tell me the power about the power of prayer. Um, You know, sharing some personal anecdotes like that, 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 the prayer that we shared in the green room supported me so much because there was so much happening behind the scenes that not everyone mm-hmm. got to see. So getting up on stage and being able to hold myself through that, um, because there were a lot of challenges I feel thrown my way, things mm-hmm. that were said behind my back and all the stuff that you were there for. Um, I definitely feel that 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 was so supportive. And since then, like things have just been so much happening but when I hear stories like that like I've got my personal experience but when I hear stories like that I'm just in awe about the power of prayer my mum prays every day she sends she says this to me she's like you know this is the power of prayer and I'm like I did this mom like wanting to take full responsibility for my life and being like no I did this my ego but like <laughs> yeah as 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 my life has unfolded I definitely feel that support and that that relationship just keeps enhancing. So have you got any personal stories that that you could share with us around how prayer has supported you other than like this is obviously with a woman um, 
and and that's insane like it's unbelievable for a lot of people they'll be like what you know but um yeah I definitely believe in the power of prayer and the miracles that can come from it um the thing about prayer is like a, a cool analogy I heard when I was younger was prayer is like it's kind of like a traffic light in a sense of a red, yellow, and green. Sometimes you pray for something and you get a green light and it's like a miracle, like straight away. You're like, wow, God is answering prayers so far. Sometimes you get um, a yellow light and it's kind of like God's like, because the thing is God invent, God created us, right? He's put the desires on your heart. So the things that you want and desire, he's given it, he's given that to you. Do you know what I mean? So he, he wants to give you what you have, but only when you're ready. So you know, there's this, you might get a yellow light and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm impatient. I want these things now. And God's like, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And I know for me, you know, I was, do you remember the show Pack to the Rafters? Yes, I do remember. Oh, I know of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big, big show in Australia. I remember back in the day, I was a teenager and I, I was so close to getting the, the lead role on this, right? In, in the new young family, it was going to change my life, right? It was this massive role because that was a big show back in the day. And I got through all these callbacks and got down to me and this little Italian kid that literally looked nothing like me. It was like this short guy, broken arm. And I'm like, all right, they got to pick one of us. And he got the role. And I was so um, disheartened. I'm like, what? That should have been me. I believe I'm a better actor, whatever. I now look back at that. I'm like, I'm so glad God didn't give me that because I wasn't, oh my gosh, like I would have, you know what I mean? The fame would have gone to my head. I would have blew the money. I might have done, I was in, immature, like, so it's like that yellow light. God wants to give you these things, but when he knows you're ready and then there's the red light and that's the thing I love. And that's the thing that really builds your trust because you might pray for something and get nah, not happening. And you're like, what? God's, you know, got his headphones on. He's not listening. Why didn't I get that? And then you see later on, you're like, oh, that's why I didn't get that. I don't know if you're praying for a guy or, you know, if I'm praying for like, you know what I mean? You pray for a thing and then you look back later. I'm so glad I didn't get into that relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, way to look at prayer. My experience was like, uh, yeah, I don't know what I was speaking to, but I was not I, like, I wasn't intentionally praying to God at the time. I was just going through this massive, massive spiritual awakening. And um, it was at the beginning stages of my business. And I was like, I just want overnight success. There were moments where I would pray to God, but it was like moments of despair, you know, when you have like you hit rock bottom and you're like, what else is there? So it's really unconscious, unintentional and unhealthy because the relationship, like anything, you know, if you go to somebody and you're always seeking to get something and you're not nourishing and nurturing that relationship, like it's, it doesn't feel good asking for something. It doesn't feel clean. It feels really like um, um, from my end, it didn't feel clean if I'm looking back now, but there were moments where I was just like wanting and wanting and wanting this, this, this overnight success. And this was like four years ago. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I get the certification, I start my business and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this many clients straight away. And it's just going to be amazing. Mm. And I'm only now just able to I've created my business and it's at a point where it is sustaining and it's sustainable. And before, you know, the show aired and everything happened, I was going through this massive grieving process because I had this idea of what I thought success was and what it would be. And here I am sitting so humbly with where I'm at and just so proud of not proud, but accepting of like, 
grateful that I didn't have overnight success because I wouldn't have handled it, not to the quality and the integrity that I want to be showing up with. So yeah, it's moments like these. I resonate with what you're saying where I'm just like, thank you for not giving me what I asked for when I asked for it. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I, it's sometimes, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Like sometimes we're going to sit with God and just on our own, like off the phone for a minute and look back and just be grateful for these things. And I totally agree with that. Gratitude is everything. So you went from like the secret, right? The law of attraction, repeating things 40 times or a hundred times, writing things down. And there's, I've noticed in the law of attraction and the secret, because I went deep into that as well. Didn't go too deep, but dabbled. There's a lot of stuff that they've pulled from the Bible. Ask and you shall receive. Like what are some of the things that you notice the overlaps between the secret and the law of attraction with what you learn and are learning from the Bible. Well, that's just something I can laugh. I can laugh at now because the more that I've read that many self-help books in my day, and it's only now reading the Bible over the last five, six years, I'm like, everything's just from the Bible. Literally, I mean, obviously it was the one of the first yeah, totally. books, you know. So it's like there's so much stuff pulled from the Bible that you know us have just put a spin on it. And again, that's that's the mm. that's the thing. It's like I see, you know, some Christians now that like believe in this part of the Bible or this part or half. Or it's like, you know, there was never, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're in or you're out. And it's like, as soon as you start pick and choosing, it's like, man, like, mm. imagine I did that with my wife. Like, oh, I only want to see you these parts of the week because I only like that bit about you, but I don't like you in the morning. And when we have our kid, I don't like you then. Or I don't like that belief you have. So imagine if you started like, it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm marrying marrying you you know where 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 is a covenant we're all in with each other so it's um it's funny you know it's like when we when we start trying to be our own god and and pick and that's that's the thing that's the you've heard of the 10 commandments that's the first commandment to um to have no other gods but him that's what he says have no other gods but me and some some of us don't admit oh we've got other gods but it's like that's what I said with my with the mobile phone it's like sometimes we can look at ourselves as our own god now I'm in control I did this in my life I'm the I'm you know but everything that's the thing that's why I always try to remember everything we have comes from God everything we have is not greater than God and everything I do is for God so it's like I might be you know doing this mad acting job I'm on you know sets a big movie production whatever but I know that God's given me this. I know God has entrusted me with this. And if I do some great scenes or no, no scenes, like I give glory to him and I'm there for him, you know? And that's why I can walk around and help other actors and say, you know, this isn't this, like the Bible says, life is just but a vapor. It's a vapor. It's so small and eternity is forever. So like, I don't care if I get a big job, small job, no job. This life is only, it's, it's actually fleeting. Eternity is forever. And that's when like, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, it's awesome that like I've I've also had. Do you know Dr. Wayne Dyer? Have you heard of him? No. He's a spiritual speaker, and he does reference the Bible a lot. He's studied theology and studied um, lots. Of, he's no longer with us, but a lot of his principles and what he taught was a curation of things that came from the Bible that he learned. And then, have you heard of the Tao? Yeah. The Tao and um some kind of buddhist principles but there were a lot of things where like yeah i just really resonated with his body of work because it felt quite integrated and 
I'm curious about, you know, with Buddhism, it's it's not a religion, it's a way of life. So there's some principles in there that are really awesome and beautiful to follow. Um, do you see any mirroring or parallels between Buddhism and the teachings of the Bible and the, the principles of the Bible? Totally. Yeah. Like I said, like a lot of the stuff, like there's so many books and even, you know, religions now, and there's so many, there's, there's a new religion every week. It feels like there's so many mm. different, like, oh my goodness. And you find a lot of the, um, a lot of the essence of a lot of these, you know, things or ways is, is, is from the Bible, but it's again, just, just man picking and choosing of what, what they want it to be. And they can you know, sell that to different type of people. So so many, like I've read a bunch of books where it's like, different theologies it's like what like this is mm. the essence of the bible but just adding and subtracting you know what i mean it's like right in the last book of revelations which is amazing so like if you look at if you look at jesus he had 12 disciples he actually had almost 100 but he had the main 12 the the apostles and he would mm. as a rabbi like he would bring people around and show them a way of life and um do perform miracles all these things and teach them right because it's that's the thing with christianity it's not just about us and for us that you, have, you know you want to like share share the good news and he would walk around with these 12 apostles and after after jesus went to heaven it was just the 12 left right the 11 left actually there was 11 left mm. And he said, before he gave him the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said, go out and create disciples of all nations, of all people, right? And that's exactly what they did, which is amazing to their credit. They went to different countries and regions and cities, shared the word, casted out demons, performed miracles, did all these things. And at the end, they were all martyred. Do you know what that means? They died for their faith. So there was wow. some deaths. There was One of them was stabbed with swords. One of them was like died on a hot tin roof being pelted by something. Um, one of them was crucified like Jesus, so died on a cross, nailed him to a cross. Um, there was one that was stoned to death. There was all these terrible deaths. And even Peter, one of the closest ones with Jesus, he was also crucified, but he said, I don't want to be crucified like my Lord and Savior. I I'm not worthy of that. He said, crucify me upside down. So all these wow. died terrible deaths because of their faith, right? And they were martyred. And one of them's name was John. And he was one of the ones that lasted the longest. And he was caught in Ephesus, which is in Turkey. And they mm -hmm. found him. And how, how they tried to kill him was they threw him, they threw his body in a hot cauldron of burning oil. Burning, oil, like you put one oh. finger in it sizzles. They threw his whole body in a, a cauldron of it, right? Oh it says God. he escaped by miracle. Like no one's escaping. No one's you know what I mean? Getting out of that. Mm. He escaped by miracle. So God saved him. And I don't know if you heard this expression every day, every day we, every day we wake up, God's not finished with us. I don't know if you heard that expression, but it's so true in a sense of like, God was like, John, I'm not finished with you. Escaped by miracle, went away to the Island of Patmos, which is near Greece. And mm -hmm. that's where he had a revelation. An angel showed up, gave him a revelation. And he wrote the last book in the Bible, called revelations and a lot of people might not know that so it's like mm. god saying because at the end of revelations it says not one word will be added nor subtracted as in the bible is complete and it's almost like the bible is almost complete and he's like no i'm not finished john you need to write the last book and that's the last book in the bible revelations wow wow there's like this part of me that's just so Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just so, it's, 
yeah I have no words I really I think you were telling me about the book of Revelation I really want to read that somebody told me to start there even like that's a great starting point but I don't it's full on it's a lot about judgment day like it's a revelation of what's to come okay it's I love it yeah so this judgment piece which is really interesting you know I'm sure people are listening right now and their judgments about this are coming up um and I've also felt judged by people who are in the church and so then I have this question of like well why am I being judged when you're preaching about God only judge judges and should judge on judgment day like and there's this like judgment that that happens and as part of being a human I'm not saying that it's it's not the best way of being because like personally I like I I choose not to judge because it's not there's discernment and there's judgment there's a difference Mm. um but I choose not to judge I choose to accept people as they are on their journey but I find that I'm challenged by people where I feel judged by them Mm. um and yeah what do you notice is there judgment happening for you in your church or being either the judging or the receiver of the judgment Mm. Is that that question clear? No, I totally, I totally know what you're saying. And the thing is, you know, the Bible's very clear. It's, it's, we, we have no right to judge. Like we, we we were sinners. Like us who were saved, we were sinners as much as everyone. Like it says, the Bible's very clear on sin, and that's the thing. Sin, sin is not a thing that God um, is putting a burden on our life or or something that way. Like sin is something that just kills us. It says the Bible says the wages of sin is death, and. In other words, sin is actually, it's killing us. And some of us like can't even accept that. Like, no, nah, that's not, I love that. It's like, no, like that's actually killing us. Oh my God. Like I used to, I used to dabble in all sorts of sin and now getting rid of that, I feel so free, right? And the thing is, we we have no right to judge because we were once a sinner and, and now we are saved, right? And if there's people in your church judging you, they have no right. They have no right to judge. And that's the thing. That's the thing. When I speak to some people, they're like, oh, you know, Christians are, um, what's the word when you, you do something, but you do it yourself? Like, um, self-inflicted, hypocritical. 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 Oh yeah. Contradicting. Yeah. 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 Some Christians are hypocritical and that's not right. That's not how Mm, God, you know what I mean? And unfortunately the church can get a bad rap for that. Like there was a gym in Cronulla back in the day. It was like a, hit class and f45 type anyway he ended up embezzling all these people's money and it was he was a coke dealer and etc etc the gym went bust and he went to jail and from this you know it was a great gym great vibe whatever but now no one like that's gone but everyone's a lot of these people for ages for years were off all these hit gyms oh you're all the same you know what i mean you're embezzling money there's Mm. the gender it's like no that was one man in this industry that was doing wrong and you can't put a blanket cover over it so it's like I met people like, oh, you know, my ex-boyfriend was a um, Christian and, you know, he hurt me and you're all the same. It's like, no, that's not fair. Like, that's not fair. It like, actually, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like people are getting tested on their faith. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it sounds like, you know, I believe that we do get tested. I believe that if we pray for strength, we're not going to be given strength. God's not. And I think this is a story from the Bible and I'm probably butchering it. So you have to correct me, (laughs) but it's like sending out a prayer for strength or confidence or, you know, support. We don't just get strength. We get an opportunity to work that muscle and build that strength. Yeah. Um, So the seven deadly sins, 
pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Okay, I've never heard of it. I mean, it sounds right. I've never heard of this, the seven deadly sins. Um, sorry, they may not be deadly. It just might, yeah. They're basically, I've re- have you heard of the movie Seven with um, Brad Pitt? I've yeah, I it. haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I've heard of it's it. It's really full on. It's cool. It's great. I like <laughs> it. I like a little psychological thriller. It's great because it talks, it's all about the seven sins. Anyway, this is Roman Catholic theology. I'm just pulling it up on Google. Um, there's, I've always, I've associated it with as the seven deadly sin. So it's, um, but you've heard of them though, like pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. You know what they are. Yeah. Yeah, and like they that like these this, that makes sense to me. Like, what does pride do? It brings out our ego. It it creates a superiority complex. Makes us feel as though we're better than other people. Greed is just like, um, you know, it's 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 poisonous. Greed is poisonous. It brings out a really poisonous side of ourselves. Same with lust. Lust is temptation. My interpretation of the Adam and Eve story with the forbidden fruit is the temptation of what is forbidden. And a lot of people, you know, who are um, unfaithful or feeling, um, you know, feeling tempted by eating that thing that they know isn't best for them or doing that thing or inducing or indulging in that substance that they know isn't going to be good for their bodies. We've all done it. I've done it. Um, not everybody has, but you know, we do these things, this lust, it doesn't necessarily need to be a relational thing. It's that, 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 um, that temptation. That's how I interpret it. Mm. And envy brings out this. I'm, I'm here for it. Like I'm here for this, like these sins, gluttony. I'm such a, I can totally own that. I've had gluttonous experiences and overeating what that does to my body and what that does to my vessel. It's just not, treating myself with respect and also over consuming food what is you know I'm sure you've got the explanation for each one you'll probably do a better job than me um but yeah I'm I I love I love that these are foundational points of reference it's interesting that you know these are sins and they kill us and it's true yeah I feel the truth in that. Yeah. And, and you know what the scary thing is like a lot of the time, like we, you know, if we're honest, like Paul, Paul, the apostle who, who writes a lot of the letters in the new Testament of the Bible, he actually, he writes to this church and he says, he goes, my flesh, like I love sin. I love it. Like my body loves it, but I don't want to. And he's just being honest, like, you know, with the, the temptation, lustful you know, thoughts you were just talking about. It's like, it's like our body is like, it's, it, it can love it, but it's, we know it's not good for us. And that's why in Ephesians 15, Paul writes, you have to walk with the spirit. You have to walk with the spirit because the Holy Spirit that lives inside you and me, it is, it gives you discernment and it, and it, um, it convicts you. And that's why, like, when you, um, you know, fall into this sin, you feel, you know, it's wrong. You know, you know what I mean? You know, it's like if you're stealing or, or um, doing, you know, it's wrong, but sometimes we like it. So it's the more we have relationship with God yeah. and walk with the spirit, have devotional life, so read and pray, and the less we will be tempted to, to fall into sin. Yeah. What I'm hearing and what I've heard from the get-go is this piece around integrity. And being in integrity is respect, reverence for yourself and for others. 
And you're not going to get that when you're in the sinful space of wrath or feeling um, envious of others or gluttonous. Like all these sins do lead to death, whether it is metaphorical or physical but I think about breath for example and having that reside within me what does that do to my actual physical being being angry all the time and feeling or not all the time but feeling that 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 creates stress and stress is the biggest killer um sloth you know how my life would not be what it is if I was just being a sloth all the time I would not be living and that 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 kills us too it kills us our kills out everything not just sloth but all of them so I'm really hearing you with this and um it's just it's kind of like pulling all the pieces together because I'm 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 reflecting on my own experiences in my personal development and spiritual journey and I feel so guided by spirit it's insane it's like unbelievable it's just like this voice is so loud for me um, and it is connected this connection to love like love is my um love is everything for me love is why I do what I do you know I help heal people in their relationships because of love that's the force to be reckoned with um there's stuff still there's stuff coming up for me around um the it's like it's like these this 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 there's like a resistance you know this resistance of of fully surrendering to this mm. and like there's this re- rebel within me that's like I just want to be able to have my own relationship with God that's personal to me and I don't I don't need there's a voice that's just like I don't need to go to church to prove that and I and I want to know what you think about that and um because again that there's that voice and then there's another voice of like oh church is a ritualistic experience bringing people together around ritual which ritual. I have my own rituals but yeah just I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Well, I totally get what you mean. Like, I think that's probably within all of us and especially like coming to Christ only, you know, recently, it's probably more so. And, you know, for me, like there was a lot of unlearning I had to do. There was a lot of ways and beliefs and things. And I didn't agree with a lot of bunch of the stuff in the Bible coming to Christ. And I was like, oh, but now I, I, I understand, you know, it's like when you get so much in your way, you know, when it's hard to, you know what I mean? You're so mm. narrow minded, then it's hard to see outside. Like I like that my pastor James, uh, whenever he preaches, he says at the start of the church, he goes, "Look, if you're um, if you're new here, just give us a blank canvas." And it's kind of like you give yourself a blank canvas, and then you can see again. You're like, interest. I didn't mm. think about it that way. I wasn't open to this or that. It's very interesting. But look, it's not. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible if you don't go to church, you know, you, you have no relationship with God, or you you know, you're going to hell or anything like that. But it's just it's just wisdom, and it's like there's stuff that like if I was really um, isolated or secluded or living on my own, didn't have friends, whatever, even though your relationship with God is personal and you can still have it, it's just harder. But I know for me, if I go to church on Sunday, if I go to my men's group on Tuesday nights, I know that the brothers are going to be sharpening me as per, as iron sharpens iron in Proverbs, it says, mm. and I'm going to be learning wisdom on, on, on Sunday. I'm going to be getting prayer. I'm going to get to pray. I'm going to get to share 
So there's just wisdom in all these things. So again, it doesn't say you need and must and this, but it's just like, why wouldn't you? Why yeah. wouldn't you want to get around? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand that voice. That's like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe it is the surrender thing. Maybe it's like, maybe do I need to surrender that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So with your men's group, are you in men's group with um, people from your church or is it people who are just from all walks of life? Yeah, I think they're all, yeah, they're all, they all go to church. We're all in the same church together, which yeah, is cool because cool, sometimes cool, cool. we can talk about the message on the weekend together and, you know. Yeah, awesome. So the, the church is your opportunity to come together and share the story and, and, and just reaffirm the messages from the Bible, talk about it. It's like a study, you know. This is a, this is a, a not a rule. Is it a rule book? It's not a rule book. It's a way of life. It's a way of being. Um, Someone actually stories. said to me once. This isn't biblical, but someone said to me, he goes, Bible stands for um, basic instructions before leaving earth. I was like, that's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> cool. I like that. Yeah. What do you think about um, astrology? And not so much astrology, but studying of the cosmos. What's that? Space. Understanding our planets, understanding the stars. Um, because... I've read this book once. It's called The Celestine Prophecy, and it was really fascinating. And it was the way that it was written, it was really beautiful because it was bringing in spirituality, bringing in um, what, you know, the, what we know from the Bible and then also integrating science. And science is just taking a little bit longer to catch up to spirituality. And, you know, we, we're logical beings. We want to understand and conceptualise and and sometimes when we have a sense and a feeling and we can't actually conceptualize it, we dismiss it altogether because we can't find the evidence to prove it. And I see science do that. I see science not able to explain certain miracles like your friend who recovered from ovarian cancer within two weeks or situations like that. And I have this belief that there is, there's, there's got to be this merging of, of two worlds at some point of like, that this is where the faith is but again like I said I'm quite open-minded so I'm quite like open to receiving different ideas and perspectives because I want to understand there's me with my logical brain but I'm open to that being a possibility as well what do you think about that oh for sure like I, I love science and even though I, I sucked at it in school there is so much science in the bible and I've heard people say mm. oh you know there's so many flaws and things in the bible I'm like show me have you read the bible Mate, the Bible yeah. is, there is no one has disproved anything in the Bible. In fact, the Bible is coded. And this is like, this mm. is, it's that, mate, God wrote the entire Bible. Do you know what prophecy is? If I were to say right now, hey, I think next Friday, sorry, I don't think I know next Friday, this thing's going to happen. A bus is going to go here and someone's going to be maybe birthed on the bus and it's going to, they're going to do this thing and they're going to be this person, blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, mate, you're mad. And then next Friday, sure enough, it all happens. You're like, whoa. You'd be like, whoa, right? In the Old yeah. Testament, so the Bible is split up at two, as much as there's like you know, 30 or 60 books, I should know, but there's two main things in the Bible. You've got the New and the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there is over 300 prophecies that come to fruition in the New Testament. There is wow. someone predicting a, a, like similar what I said, a birth in a specific place, in a specific country, city, back of a house, and this person does this thing, and I'm talking about Jesus Christ here, 
and it comes like there is the craziest stuff. Daniel, there's, there's the book of Daniel, it's right before the New Testament. He is a prophet and he interprets dreams and God gives him a vision of he predicts the next five, I think it was five kingdoms to like right now we've got all these different um, you know, countries and presidents and kings and queens, etc. Back in the day, it was just like you'd have a there was only a couple of countries in the you know what I mean, a king, and that was you mm-hmm. know what I mean. But that he predicted the next five kingdoms to rise and fall on the exact date, the exact place, and who was like, and everything came to fruition over like 600 years or something. Like it was ridiculous. So you read wow. that there's so much science. They say the our DNA in our body, you could stretch it to the moon and back like 246 million times. That's how long our DNA is. And if you put our DNA under a microscope, it is all in the shape of the cross. The cross, 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 cross. It's all in the shape mm. of the cross. There's so yeah. much like that. You're like, nah, like there's so much yeah. science. In fact, a lot of the top scientists in America study it so much to try and disprove the Bible. They end up becoming Christians at the end of it. Wow, that's so interesting. I love that. It's really interesting because I've, I've watched this movie called The Da Vinci Code, which is off the book, The Da Vinci Code. And hearing you talk about that, there's like so much coding. And I'm, again, like my explorative mind is I've got to read the Bible because I'm reading all these different, you know, various things that are coming through. Um, but I'm curious about like what the codes are from the Bible and I've had this calling and this intuitive hit to do this for like a couple of years now because it's the root of our history. It is the, the, the seed of our history. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it would help me a lot with my work as well and understanding relational aspects and experiences that we have within our relationships these days. Um, Understanding you know when you your intuition guides you to do something and then you think you're going you expect one outcome and then it turns out to be something totally different oh yeah yeah it's like oh okay cool that's the lesson I needed to learn and that's why I was being guided into doing that yeah um okay well we've covered a lot today is there anything else you want to add I mean like it's been quite focused and orientated towards your experience and journey with with God and Jesus and the church um obviously that's been a huge like personal development personal growth experience for you your connection to spirit um and I really appreciate your vulnerability and able to share all of this and I'm sure it doesn't feel vulnerable for you anymore but it is you know it's a it's a very intimate part of yourself um to share on a public platform so I really appreciate that thank you is there anything you'd like to add I guess I'd love to, um, you know, if there's anyone listening, watching, et cetera, um, and you're thinking, you know, why would a God, why would a perfect God love me when I'm not perfect or I've done this or, you know, you don't know what I've been through or you don't know what I've seen or experienced. And all I can say is God loves you and God is love. It says that in the word, God is love and he will leave the 99 for you. And if you just take one step, he'll take 99 to meet you where you're at. That's the good thing about God. You don't have to um, yeah, perfect yourself and prefabricate yourself and come to the Lord. It's like he, he'll meet you where you're at. And if you were to even tonight or right now, um, even just pray to God and say, you know, if you're real, um, reveal yourself because he will. And 
I, you know, anyone can talk into going to church. That just means you can be talked out of it. But until you have a real experience with God, you can't be talked out of an experience. So I'd love to pray even right now for anyone listening, um, just to mm-hmm. even just experience the love and the power of God and what um, he has for you because he has, he, he, he knows you by name. He knows every hair on your head. He's written a plan and purpose for your life, specifically your life. You weren't an accident. And um, he has, amazing and fulfilling things for you so if that's all right sam i'd love to say a prayer for anyone listening yeah please all right lord we just thank you so much for um just the fact that we can just come before you and um and submit to you and come to know you lord and we just pray for anyone that's listening to this um right now god that you can just reveal yourself to them that you can just shine your perfect love um on them, Lord. And we know in the Bible, it says perfect love casts out all fear. So we just pray for anyone that might be feeling anxious or have fear or doubts or questions or um, any, any negative thoughts or, or any, um, anything like this, Lord, that they can just lay it on the line and that you can just reveal yourself and answer it um, for them, God. And we just pray for, um, yeah, just the Holy Spirit to just um, dwell in these people, God, that we can then even just dwell inside of us, Lord, that you can just show us um, the perfect path for our own life, God, that you can just guide our footsteps, that you can be the lamp at our feet, God, and you can just um, point us towards eternal life with you. So we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you died on the cross for us, God, and you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and give us eternal life. So we just thank you for who you are and what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I feel like... Yeah, so at peace. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your time and energy in, in sharing your story. Thank you, Brenton. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Okay, for those of you listening, um, if you have any questions, you can find Brenton on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Just my name, Brenton Parks. Brenton Parks. I'll put it in the bio as well so you can find him through that as well. And I'll, I'll you'll listen to me next episode. Talk to you then. See you soon.